Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. You ready for the Word today? Let's jump right into it, man. This is a powerful word I want to bring to you today as we continue with prayers that get God's attention. We're over in First Chronicles this morning on the prayer of Jabez. I want you to go over there to First Chronicles chapter 4. Uh, and we're going to take a look at this very uh, powerful uh, prayer uh, that is here in uh, we need to be a church that is uh, not just a praising church, but a praying church. Go ahead and stand with me and uh, to honor the, the Word of God. We always love to stand as we read the Word. If you're at home, you want to stand, you feel free to do it. Just as a, a way for us to honor the Word of God as they did in the book of Nehemiah and uh, things like that. I think that honor is something we need to keep alive in our culture. Honor. Honor your mother and father so that you may live long on the earth, as my mama would say. Amen. Even if that wasn't a commandment, that's my commandment, mama would say. Amen. Honor is something that we need to continue to keep. So we honor the word of God by standing. This powerful scripture in First Chronicles chapter 4 is also known as the prayer of Jabez. I know there's books out. I personally have never read that book. I really don't know what to say, good or bad, but it's a, there's many devotionals on this prayer. It, it's a very famous prayer, and it's certainly got God's attention. Uh, I want to pray and use it today to help uh, us to be set free from some things in our lives and, and, and to have some negative patterns broken off of our lives and some generational or family issues that have been just been a part of the culture of your family for years. It can be broken off of your life today. In Jesus' name. That's what the prayer of Jabez is all about. Chapter 4, two verses, but they're powerful. Verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, which means pain, saying, because I bore him in pain. So Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. Look at that. I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to do what they told me I was born and I have to do it because I was born that way. Because I was told that's the way the family's always been. That's the way. I don't want to be that way. Listen to this. I don't want to cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Isn't that a beautiful sentence? So God granted him what he requested. Father, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There's a commercial out by Progressive talking about, uh, it's a guy, he's a teacher, and he's trying to keep new homeowners from becoming like their parents. How many have seen that commercial? It's the funniest commercial I've ever seen. And, and so new homeowners buy them a house, and his job is to keep them from becoming like their mom and dad. 
And, and you know, the one walking through the phone with the phone on the speaker uh, going through the market, you know, okay, class, is this a good thing to walk through? <laughs> you know, and the dude walks, and someone has blue hair, and okay, and, and they're just hilarious. And his, his job is to try to keep us uh, from becoming like our parents. How many know the older you get, the more you got to fight that thing? Come on, somebody. <laughs> And I know it's not, it's not necessarily always bad, but uh, it's just you do stuff. I, I, see, I see it in my kids and my daughters, and they do stuff, and I'm like, man, that's exactly, I remember your mom would say that, or sometimes even my mom. You can see that stuff passed down into families, amen? And uh, many look like our parents. I know I'm, you see the kids in River Kids. Sometimes you can go in there and pick them out. You know exactly whose parents they are. They're just like, boom. They, I mean, genetics, that's just part of it. And, and it's a funny commercial. It's a funny thought. And, and it's harmless. And it's just funny little quirky things that, that we can pick up uh, unconsciously or whatever uh, by growing up in the, same, in the same home. But Jabez and the story of Jabez takes it to another whole level. How many know that there are also, also some very negative and unhealthy patterns and propensities that are also in families? And, and can be, it's like you don't have to teach your child to do certain things. They just seem to have a propensity toward those certain things. How many know what? We're all sinners, and so we all have a sin nature. Uh, that we all have. In other words, that's why you got to teach your kids. You don't have to teach your kids to steal. You'll have to teach them not to steal because that's a sinful thing. They automatically want to lie. They automatically want to do that. But certain families do have strongholds. They call them generational curses, whatever you are. God said it back in Exodus that if a family begins to serve an idol and not God, he said, I will visit them upon the third and fourth generation from the father to the sons. And so that, that's a real thing. There's much debate and understanding what that is. I don't know all the theology, all the everything behind it, but I do know that there are certain families that can nurture certain sins and behaviors that are destructive that can somehow just get translated and handed down to other generations of in the same family. I'm gonna know what I'm talking about today. I know families that, that have an issue, I've seen it, that with gambling. They have nothing else in their family, that, no other vices, no other problems, but they all seem to be gamblers and hooked to it and it, and it destroys them and it's just a serious problem. Being a pastor and in ministry, I've had to pray for so many. I have the opportunity to minister down at Detroit Life Challenge, who is, who is just an awesome ministry, helping people uh, who have habits, hang-ups, and hurts. Uh, usually substance abuse and, and uh, everything from prescription drug abuse to methamphetamines uh, to heroin and so many discussions I have had with them that says, you know, this thing has been in our family for generations. Alcohol, for instance, is one. And my mom and dad thought that they would skip over them and they've, they flirted a little bit with a little drinking and this and that and they didn't know, but I started and, and I can't. All I think about is alcohol. Can't wait to get home. I gotta have a drink. I work for the drink and it's just, it's just next thing you know, I got a hold of my life and it's a serious issue and then the children have it and it's it's just amazing how that is i got good news for you today no matter what it's going on in your life there is a god of heaven that you can call upon and he can reach down and he can break that and change the trajectory of your family that's what jabez is 
And this prayer will get God's attention every single time. He, he is guarant it's guaranteed that he will answer the prayer when we call upon him with a prayer to change to be more like Christ. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that's shall be saved, Pastor Eddie. That has nothing to do with deliverance. I don't know the word saved in Greek, sozo, which means healed, delivered, set free, cleaned. That word saved means all of that. And whether it's a substance abuse problem or it's just a, a genetic or just a, a culture that have been fostered in your, in your family of people not finishing what they started. We talked about that on Wednesday night. The church of Sardis were, were people that wouldn't finish what they started. And that's why Jesus rebuked them and told them to strengthen those things that have been weakened and that you need to, to finish strong. That's why Paul said at the end of his life, I have kept the faith. I have ran my course. I finished my race. Jesus' last words was, I have finished. So maybe, maybe you're the type of person that you can't figure it out. Man, you go six months or eight months and, and doing really good, and all of a sudden something, you, a word that was spoken in your life by a family member or someone of authority just got on your life, and, and it's hindered you, and you just live under the heaviness of that uh, word and the heaviness of that belief that that's just the way you're always going to be, and it's caused so many problems in your life. Well, the prayer of Jabez is left in the scripture for us to learn and look at and to have hope that we could be set free and changed by the power of God. A couple of things about Jabez as you look through this prayer the first thing is the context. You need to understand the context here. Context changes everything, context brings. Uh, uh, appreciation, doesn't it? Uh, some of you may not understand how excited and happy we are just to be in this building, even though we're in the gymnasium. But when you learn the context of River of Life and that we came from a building, a 4,000 square feet building, where we literally ate, slept, did workshops. We even did a harvest festival in the sanctuary of that little room. You heard it right, a festival. <laughs> In a little room, we done. We would our little offices down there. Just got them done, and and it rained, and it would flood. There was a flood, the Bible says, and it was always every every spring at River of Life. And we dug up the building, and we had the foundation this, and thought we were done. And just here it would come again. And we've had we've done so, but we were good stewards of that little building. We took care of that little building. We cleaned it, and we tried everything. And when it would rain, you couldn't use the back of the property. And in the spring, when it did dry up, you'd get chased out by mosquitoes. But anyway, I mean, so when we drive onto this campus, how many know there's a there's a shout that's in me, and I get. I say, look how, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Context. When you learn the church started in Wyandotte with, with a, a handful of us. And over the years, my mom and dad and their leadership and their integrity and their character and, and the price they paid serving the Lord, we are where we are today. Context gives appreciation. Context. I was watching on the news, they had the, the biggest 20, top 20 events that took place in 2020. I'm like, is that all? And they were, they were going through, and one of the top, at the top of the list was the death of Chadwick Boson, and AKA better known as the Black Panther. And when he died, and he's a young man, and he passed away uh, so young, and it was, it was very sad, but it got world attention. 
And they were talking about the reason for it, context. It's because you see he was the first African-American uh, superhero that Marvel introduced. And for little boys and girls of color, for once they could look up at the screen and see someone that looked like them being a superhero and being not, 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 not portrayed in a negative way as a criminal or anything, but something that is to be copied and to be honored and appreciated. And, and it made a huge impact. May not be some, but that look at it like that, but it's a huge deal. Context gives the appreciation. That's why you saw people appropriately making pictures and, uh, of, of his stance that he did. But context gave appreciation. Context changes everything. It gives, context will give you compassion. On Thanksgiving, the coach for the Washington football team uh, marched out on the football team, led his team on the field, and they gave him a standing ovation. They lost the game, and they still gave him a standing ovation. And you may say, well, it's just a dumb football team. I'm not into football. But when you learn the context that Ron Riviera just completed seven rounds of chemotherapy because he's got throat cancer, and that he said, I am going to do whatever it takes to lead my team out on the field on Thanksgiving Day. That's why everybody, whether you like football or not, they stood to their feet and they applauded and thanked that man. Context. Context gives you compassion. That woman that never has her kids in order and clothed properly and is a nuisance and late to everything may be annoying to you, but when you discover that she's a single mom pulling double duty and you ought to just be happy they got clothes on. Come on, somebody. Tell someone say context. I can go on and on and on and tell you about context, and that's the story of Jabez. Jabez, you've got to understand the context. We're in chapter 4. I could take you through chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Ten chapters of just names. People having children, giving birth, having children, and then dying. It's just a repeat. This person had this person. I mean, look at chapter, look, look right up at verse 1. The son of Judah was Perez and Hezron and Carmi and Hur and Shobol. And Rhea, the son of Shobol, begot Jahath, and Jahath begot Ahumanai and Lahad. I know you're bursting with enthusiasm this morning. These were the, you got 10 chapters. There's a point of this. 10 chapters of just people living and dying. And it's all to prove the lineage of King David, Ezra is writing. But Ezra stops in chapter 4 and says, I have to bring some attention to this man named Jabez who while everybody else was just having kids and growing old and dying and just following the narrative and the, the family line and everybody was just doing the, what the same old parents did and the grandparents did and the great-great-great-grandparents did. There was a man named Jabez that said, I want more for my life. I don't want to be just a statistic, just what everybody else in my family has been. I want it broken off of my life and I want to make a difference for Jehovah God. God answers prayer in any context. That's what you need to see here before I move on. It's important. 
There's a narrative that we have in our culture. There's a narrative in your family, whether you know it or not. And I know this is a powerful message that I should preach at a conference, and you may, don't let it go over your head. God can change the trajectory of your family from this message right now that I'm preaching to you in a gymnasium out here on a snowy day in Michigan. It can break off your life. Habits and addictions and struggles and a spirit of containment as you find, as the children of Israel were set free from Egypt, Pharaoh said, I'll let them go, but I'll only let them go to worship, and then they must return to Egypt and finish their duties. There is a, there's a spiritual a parallel to that. Many are able to go to church and worship and sing some new songs, but you know very well that after today, you'll go right back to some of them destructive patterns that's been in your family for years. I'm telling you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Can you handle this today? That can be broken off of your life today. That's my message, my life message, because as I always say, I'm not just a spokesman, I'm also a client. 23 years of walking with the Lord, free, not perfect, but free from the chain and bondage of addiction. Sin has power. I can handle it. When Cain killed Abel, that whole thing, God said to Cain, he said, Cain, why are you so sad? If you just do what is right, you would have my favor on your life. But sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you're supposed to rule over it, Genesis chapter 2. Did you, there's a lot. Of, I preached a whole series on that. Who's knocking at your door? In other words, sin lies at the door. And there are certain things in families that have opened things up and dealt with it. And then they've accepted it and just, you know, dimmed it down a little bit. It's not so bad. And just went in with the narrative. And next thing you know, they may be fine, but the second or third generation now has to fight those giants. If you don't defeat that giant in your generation, your future generations will have to fight that same giant. I'm telling you, that's Bible. And that's what Jabez is all about. But you can change the narrative. Come on, someone say, I can change the narrative. And he go to the cycle, and this is the main part of the message, is cycle. This cycle started with his mother. Could you believe it? Moms are supposed to be nurturers, and by nature they are. That's a gift that they have. Dads, we don't do so good at that. And, uh, but moms, it's a gift that moms have, isn't it? You look at Moses' mother. The Bible says as soon as she saw Moses, she recognized the beauty in him. Mom can see the beauty in kids. Sometimes I can't see the beauty in some kids, but mom always does. Moms see that. And the Bible says mama saw it in Moses that he was beautiful. She built a little ark and protected him. That's another thing mothers do. Sent him down the Nile River. And God blessed that. Mothers are known for that. But here, for whatever reason, this mom was not like that. This mom, her words, she started out. How I many know words have power? And from birth, she said, boy, you've caused me nothing but pain. And you will do nothing but cause pain for the rest of your life. For I shall name you Jabez. That's what's going on here. And for his whole life, when everybody else's mama was showing up at the game saying, come on, Johnny, you can do it. Come on, you know, Mother's Day was a day of honor. For Jabez, it was a reminder that his own mama had said he couldn't do anything in life, that he was always just going to be a troublemaker, that he was always just going to cause pain. Everywhere you went, no matter how you fight it, boy, that's the way you was born. That's the way our family is, and that's the way our family's always going to be. you got to get it through your head. You're not going to be like everybody else down the street. For you, it's going to be just causing pain everywhere you go context and so the cycle was started in Jabez 
You know, Jesus says this one thing, what father of you will give your son a serpent if they ask for a piece of bread? Let me answer that. The ones that got serpents handed down to them. So what, because whatever you don't heal, you will pass down the hurt. Whatever, God does, whatever hurt God doesn't heal will get passed down. You, you know families been hurt by Uncle Joe. Sorry, Joe. And some of your kids and grandkids don't even know Uncle Joe, but all they've heard is Uncle Joe was this and Uncle Joe was that. So now they go through their whole life carrying that weight, expecting for someone like that to happen. I mean, words are powerful. Proverbs 18 says it like this. You've heard this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says it that it could set the whole world on fire, this little tongue. I mean, this little tongue right here can just get us in so much trouble. I mean, you ever say something and wish you could take it back? I mean, before it leaves your mouth, it could be like, <laughs> I've shared too many of my stories of doing that. I'm not going to embarrass myself again. I've learned, amen. But anyway, we've all done it. When you can try to get it back. Words also are very powerful in raising our children. The little things that you say, man, you can do it. I knew you could do it. They, they go a long way. Power of affirmation. Before Jesus began his ministry, he got baptized and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. What else happened? The sky opened up. His father said, this is my boy and I'm proud of him. It's the power of affirmation. So if Jesus needed that, dads, before he began his ministry, that wasn't just a cute little scripture to fulfill prophecy because there's no prophecy saying God would do that. He just did it because he was in the human flesh and he knew how important it was for humanity to have affirmation from his father. Jabez didn't have that. No mention of a dad, so we think it's just mom. And for whatever reason, this mom did not do it up. Said that you're always going to be born that way. Maybe you didn't have a mom. There, we have a culture today that has given a narrative to our young people and to all people. It's just, if you were born that way, that's the way you're always going to be. If, if, you've, if you've got any kind of sexual confusion in your life, then you must be this. And they, they label you that really quick. No, they don't need no label. They're just 14. You remember being 14? You was attracted to anyone and everyone that showed you attention. It don't mean you're this. don't mean you're that. don't mean you've got to change your entire life and you're all alone and now you've got to be under this umbrella. No, you're human. You're a human being made in the image of God and you're trying to work it out and walk it out. You ain't confused. Other people's confused. Don't let them put that label on you. You're a man created in the image of God or you're a woman created as the queen that God made you to be. You need to know that, but words, if you believe it, can settle on you. And they can weigh you down, and you can just think, oh, yeah, I got them desires. I must be that way. Or I got this attitude. There's a difference between, you know, between all them different things as you grow up through adolescence. And it's becoming a narrative in our culture. If you were raised this way in this neighborhood, you're going to have this. If you're, you can never be this. I remember seeing it, man, uh, working my job. And I'd be out in Novi and some of the other areas. And that were really nice suburb, you know, suburbia and, and very nice. And I remember the looks I'd get sometimes when I would mention I'm from Southwest or from Ecorse. I was just like, they would just, oh, really? That must have been awful. You know, oh, that must have been awful. You know, like I got shot every day when I went home or something. And, you know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I used to walk those streets at 1130 at night, you know. And it's funny because there's no doors locked in the hood. But in Novi, they lock them at 10 o'clock. That's interesting to me. 
<laughs> Something I've noticed through life. My point is this. We're quick to put stereotypes and labels on people. Just quickly, I, I just want you to get this today that that's, that has power to that. There's power to that. You just don't paint people with a, with a broad brush. That's what's gotten us in so many problems today and so divided as a nation. If you this way, you must be this, and mu- which means you must be this. And we, already, we finished the narrative, and it has nothing to do with none of that. It's just amazing how we have done that. I'm telling you today, this stuff, if we need to get back to, being, to let God heal us, then we need to realize the power uh, and the pain we can inflict ourselves, whether meaning it or not. These words are powerful. No one in your family, maybe you've got uh, uh, some marriages that didn't work out in your family. And you've had, you know, no one has had a healthy marriage in our family for generations. And so that means that's going to happen. Or maybe your dad walked out on you when you was a kid. And they did, maybe you didn't have a mother like Jabez, but you had a father. I had a best friend of mine who his dad left to go get bread when he was eight years old. And he's never returned home. And I remember growing up with him and hearing the stories and, and, and how he was. And, and just a kid on the streets, man. We used to do all kind of, we got sucked into street violence and everything else. But this dude has always had... Uh, looked for, I, we didn't know it because we're kids, but when you get older, you start realizing what it was is he was just hungry for affirmation. I'll never forget one of the police officers uh, who just, this, this cop was just a cool dude, man. He just would speak into our lives and um, whenever he got us, because he knew we were just being knuckleheads and we were getting, hanging around with the wrong crowd, and he would get us and he would talk to us, and whenever he went by him, he would talk to him like a father. And, man, I, I would just watch his whole demeanor change when that officer would look into his life and say, man, you, you are better than this. What you doing with these thugs? Talking about me. <laughs> what you doing out here? And, and he would just speak into that boy's life. And, and you know what? I, I'll never forget how he, he used to, he developed a relationship with this officer. And he would, he'd change and it started to bring him up. But it was, wasn't enough. He needed more of that. But how I learned during that season of my life how powerful words can be spoken over our lives, and he can break those things. Just because your mom and dad did that don't mean that you have to do that. Just because there wasn't a healthy marriage in your family for as long as you can remember, I'm telling you that it can be broken off of you today. Your life and your marriage can be the best it's ever been. It can be healthy. It can be a great example. Amen? Words have power. Get a hold of this. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's my life verse, and that should be you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. Come on, say it with me. A new creation. I don't know. I don't care if you're Pisces or you're Capricorn or whatever. I'm just the way I'm going to be. Now, you go ahead and live that if you want to be confined to a man-made label as some idiot looked up to the sky and said, that's what you are is that star. You can be represented by a ball of gas if you want to. But as for me, I'm made in the image of God. I'm a new creation. Come on, church. Give him some praise today. I'm going to go back and rewatch this, Kavar, because I need to get, but some folks need to hear that today. You ain't what your mama says you would be, or your daddy, or your parent, or your teacher, or everybody else, or this community, or that community, or this person, or that person. You are what God said you are. Get it in your spirit. 
That's why we got Jabez. Jabez could have been like, well, I'm just going to be like Hoshamusha and this guy and that guy and all these other names I can't pronounce. I'm just going to be Jabez, and they're going to keep going, and they're going to go right to King David, and I'm just going to be this little insignificant. You can choose to do that. But Jabez said, I am going to call on the God of heaven. Why does it say the God of heaven? Because in his day, there was all kinds of gods, just like today. There's people stealing all kinds of things from the Bible. Morning meditation. It's called morning prayer. You stole it from Psalm 66. Early in the morning shall I seek thy face, and your peace will continually be on me. Isn't it crazy how people just steal from the Bible? Think happy thoughts. Okay, the Bible says in Philippians, think of whatever is positive and of good report and healthy, and think of these. Isn't it amazing? I just want to be treated equal. The Bible says treat everyone the same as you were treated. The Bible is the most plagiarized book in history. ESPN alone owes millions and billions. David killing Goliath. That's the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl next year, 2021. <laughs> I'm prophesying. Come on, somebody. You ever watch the ESPN, guys? How many times do they use these little uh, fly in the ointment? All those come as from Scripture in the Bible. They plagiarize the Word of God. Some of you didn't even know you was getting the Word of God, thinking you was watching Skip Bay listen. And then, but no, no, it's, it's the word of God. Jabez called on the Lord. How does he break it? Right here, last thing, conversion. A conversion is the only thing that's going to break the cycle. I didn't say attend church. I didn't say say a prayer, turn around with some, light a candle. You can light as many candles as you want. I'm not knocking. I'm just being real with you today. I don't have time to be religious. I, this is a crazy season we're living in. You want to be set free, you need a conversion. The Bible says when Peter stood up in the book of Acts, they said, what shall we do to be saved from this crooked generation? Hmm. He said, repent and be converted. You know the word converted in the Greek, we have convertible, like a car. It could be one way, and then you click that little button, and it's an entirely different, takes the whole top off. It converts. It's also related to the word transformation, transformers, guys. You're, you're one more than meets the eye. No, 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 no. Remember Transformers? <laughs> I do anything to try to get a point across. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the scripture here. When you, when you allow God to come into your life, seriously, and you really surrender as Jabez did, he converts you from the inside out. Here's the point. Do you notice he never changed his name? God never changed his name. People are always trying to label you, and they're always going to continue to label you. Oh, you have that, so you must be this, and they label you. No, no, no. Let people, it doesn't matter what your name is. God didn't change his name. He just changed his definition. I'm going somewhere. I said God didn't change his name. He changed the very definition. When God changes your definition, he changes your destiny. In other words, that thing in your life that you were ashamed of that happened to you, he don't deny it happened. That neighborhood you came from, that divorce you went through, that issue you might have experimented and did this, that thing that you did that, he may not deny that it ever happened, but he will change the definition and say that thing you used to be ashamed of, that thing that used to cause pain, will no longer cause pain. It'll be a testimony unto God. Woo! Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Why did this happen? And 
Loss of a child, loss of a loved one, and forever it's going to be something that may have been uh, labeled to you to cause pain. And you think all of your life that you're just going to cause pain. Well, God said, I'm going to change the definition of what it means. It's not going to be of causing pain anymore. That can be the very thing that God uses for you to work a miracle. Remember Moses, God said to Moses, I want you to deliver my people. He said, I have no education. I can't deliver your people. God said, what's in your hand? He said, this stick? Some of you are saying, I can't be used of God. I've done this in my life. It's just a stick. It's just this. It's just that. I have a, I, I, I'm like, I'm like a chapter 1 through 10. I'm just a name in a long line. God said, throw that stick down. In other words, give it to me. Let me show you what I can do with it. The Bible says he threw it down. It became a snake and he ran from it. That's the first thing. You'd, you'll always be afraid of what God's going to do in your life when you really sell out to him. He'll scare you. And then God said to Moses, don't be afraid of it. Grab it by its tail. He grabbed it by its tail. Grab a hold of that thing that you think you should be insignificant, that thing that, that didn't mean a whole lot, that you're afraid of to tell people about. It could be the very thing that leads a nation out of slavery. There are people like Jackie Hill and Janet Boynes and, and people that have been in and out of sexual confusion and all kinds of things that are now spokesmen for God. They're being silenced everywhere. I mean, you can't even talk about this stuff. I dare you to post, I am straight and I am strong and I am saved. I dare you to post that. They'll send a drone to your house. I'm just saying. <laughs> and what's wrong with saying I, I'm straight and I, I, have, I, I don't hate anyone? And the Bible doesn't hate anyone. But it's almost been like a narrative in our culture that if you are straight, something's wrong with you. Is it just me or is it just some of the young people I'm talking to that says, please address this in the pulpit. Some parents, please address it in the pulpit because my family is upside down. We don't know which way is up. I'm telling you, the Word of God has the answer. Break these cycles off of your life. And then I'm going to close with this as the worship team gets ready to come. His prayer was three things. I'll give them all three to you. It was simply, God bless me, break me, and be with me. That's how God breaks the cycle. He said, God bless me. You know, you can pray that God will bless you and enlarge your territory. You know, we think, oh, that's that prosperity gospel. Well, we get all hung up because God, no, no, you can ask God to bless you. You want to bless your kids, don't you? For Christmas, my daughters are, are grown adults with jobs. Christmas is very good for daddy and mommy this year. <laughs> Some of you that your kids are little, the day's coming, hang in there. The packages get smaller, but they're more better. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You want to bless your kids, and, and it's a great thing. I, I'll never forget my dad growing up, especially in that older generation. He'll be the first to tell you that if you ask for material things or God to bless you, it was almost shunned upon. There was a narrative, a context that you don't ask God for stuff. Be content where you are. And there's a difference. You can be content with what you have, but ask that God would bless you. You can absolutely do that. And we lived in this little house in Ecorse on Charlotte Street. And it was all three of us boys had one bedroom. All three of us had one bedroom. If you share a bedroom, think about three boys in one room. Mom and, it was a two-bedroom house. Mom and dad had the other bedroom. And it was one of them houses. People would come over, sit for dinner. You needed some milk? Hang on. They opened the fridge right there. And, I mean, it was, it was a tiny little house. 
And I would hear my dad, or, or you know, he would pray, God, if it be your will, you know, and we need a bigger house. We couldn't have no one over. It was just miserable. We're teenagers, man, and it was just fighting everywhere. It was just horrible. And my dad's friend came to him one day and said, Paul, do you know that you can ask God that he, he can bless you? And he showed him that scripture in Mark 10 where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, for those of you that have left everything to follow me, I will give you friends, family, houses, lands, property in this life and in the life to come. It was a simple little scripture. I know my dad's watching. I remember he looked at that scripture and said, yeah, Jesus said that he, he can bless us. He can bless us in this life. He began to pray. Father, I pray you bless us with a house so we can have our own bedrooms. Lord, that we can have people over and have prayer meetings. And we'll use it for your glory. God, let it be closer to the church. And let it be this and let it be that. Kind of what we're praying. Amen. God, I'll use it for your glory. And, and, and all of this. And next thing you know, you know what, God, after all those years of my dad praying, he'll tell you, if it be your will, if, if you find it in your streets of gold up there to give me just a little humble piece of pie, and we got this in our mind. The more poor you are, the more humble you are. The more poor you are, the more broke you are. That's what it is. And the enemy will try to get it in your mind. Well, you're blessed. Listen, you can be blessed in any season, but there's nothing wrong saying, God, I need a job to meet my needs and be a blessing. That's what Jabez is praying here. God, I want to be a blessing. I don't want to cause pain. Enlarge my territory. And guess what? We moved to Taylor, and we all got our bedroom. I even got for my 16th birthday a water bed. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah, I kicked my leg on it. <laughs> and I got rid of it in two years because of back problems. Anyway, come on. Water beds. Then he said, breaking comes with the blessing. You need to re remember this. Sometimes be careful when you pray for blessings because breaking comes with blessing. Jacob said, change me, oh God. He needed to change like Jabez. He had to wrestle to get it. God touched his hip and broke him. Jesus took the bread in communion. He blessed it, and then he what? He broke it. That's a method Jesus does in our life. He blesses us, and breaking comes with it. That's a good, that's a good. And lastly, be with me. God, just be with me. Because when you're with me, I won't, I won't use these things to manipulate or to get into trouble or get into sin. I'll keep you first. I'll keep you first. Even if you give me a new job, I still come to church on Sundays. I still make you first. I tithe over my $300 a week check. I'll do it if you make it $3,000 a week. This is important. I remember the church my dad wanted to pay me as a youth pastor, 50 bucks a week. My tithe was more than that from my, church, from my work. But it was just something. I said, God, I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to keep you first in my life. And God blessed me, and I got another job making double than what I did in that first job. I could go on and on and on and on and on. I want to give you a lot of information today. Just bow your heads right now. A lot of word went out today. But I wonder if there's somebody here that needs to have the context or the narrative broken, the cycle broken. You want to change it in your life today. It can happen right now. Listen to my words. Jabez called upon the God of heaven and said, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. May your hand be upon me and don't let me cause evil and I do not want to cause pain. 
If you are in this place or you're watching online and you say, Pastor Eddie, I feel like I got that in my family and I want a broken off of my family right now. I want you to stand right now. Just stand. Even if you're at home, you stand. You want that broken off of your life? Come on. If it ain't you, then don't stand. But if it's you, and you're like, I need to cycle broken. I want it broken off of me. 2021 is a new year. I want it broken off of me. Come on, whoever you are, come on. You feel that cycle in your life, that pattern in your life. It's been broken. Because you come from this neighborhood or that family or this person. Come on. It's done in your life. If that's you at home, that's you, that's you, that's you. Respond today in Jesus' name. And gee, how many Jabez's do we have today? That this is getting broken off my life. The negative, destructive patterns is getting broken off my life. Maybe some of you are like the mom in this story. You are starting one and you don't even realize it. You need to break it. You need to stop it. You don't even realize it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just reach your hands to the Lord right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Every person standing in this room and standing at home, whenever or wherever they are watching this service right now, we unite our faith with Jabez as you left it in the Bible for us today. By the blood of Jesus, every generational curse is broken. It's broken the moment that we give it to you. The moment we give it to you. Father, I pray now that, God, you would empower us by your spirit to break this mold, to break this pattern in Jesus' name, to break it right now. Let faith arise in the hearts of every person right now. They're going to do better. They're going to walk it out. They will not cause pain. They will not live that life as man told them they're going to live, but they're going to live the life that you spoke over their life, that you told them to live in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody else, stand to your feet right now. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, we invite your presence in here today, Jesus. You're here with us. You are, you've been here the moment we gathered. We acknowledge you today, Lord. Patterns are broken off of our lives. The confusion is going to clear up. Healing is going to come. Strength is going to come. For Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and sisters. How do you like that? Well, put your name in there. Eddie Markham broke the cycle of the statistics of being in the streets of Ecorse, running around with drugs and alcohol and gang violence. And he's going to fail at this and fail at that. In and out of the legal system. He's never going to be that. God broke it in Jesus' name, November the 5th, 1997. And he can break it in your life today. I'm telling you, believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord. We just sing one more song. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.